conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I either went to school for musical theater or cocktails because I know my way around 32 bars. The second wave might get me, but in this town, I'm always first. (laughs) I knew it was gonna be good. 
Come back in we'll six see, months. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what? Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Um, you guys, it's Annie's Girls. It's episode, I actually, I is it 167? I'm like genuinely, I don't know. When did I record with Annie last week? It's 167. <laughs> it's 168. But it's really also number one in my heart. And I am so excited to be joined by someone that I talk about Housewives with literally 39,000 times a day. He is the assistant editor at Betches Media. He is the co-host of the podcast Mention It All, which P.S. you guys should be um, listening to as soon as you're finished with this episode and also rating Andy Scrolls five stars on iTunes with a glorious um, review. And he's also the creator of Bravo by Betches, one of my personal favorite Instagram Real Housewives and Bravo accounts. You're so kind. It's none none other than Monsieur Dylan Hafer. Dylan Hafer, how are you, a.k.a. how am I? How are you doing today? You look adorable. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, I'm, I'm well. It's different than last time I was on the actual people's, people's couch. And <laughs> now I'm sitting on my bed. Um, you know, it's funny. We... I was supposed to come on Andy's Girls the weekend mm-hmm. that the world ended. <laughs> yep. You were supposed to come on that week. It was like early mid-March and I wasn't feeling well. And I was supposed to have an appointment with my psychiatrist. And I was like, um, baby girl, Dr. K, um, listen, no big deal. But like I uh, have a headache and I forget what the other symptoms were. Like I have a headache in like whatever else. And she was like, cool, cool, cool. Um, stay home. And I said, cool. And then I remember texting you and I was like, Hey, I'm not feeling great, but like, maybe we should still record. And then literally the earth was on fire and we were like, cool, let's like put this off by a month. It was, and here we are. It was at that weird moment in time where it was like, everything is definitely not okay, but like we can still do stuff. Right. And then within like a day or two after that, it was like, no, 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 you don't leave the house. So yeah, it was the perfect storm of like, are we in a crisis? And then I was like, I remember saying to somebody else, I was like, you know what? Um, we can still meet up or whatever. Cause I'm not mm-hmm. going to let this get me down, you know? And then it, I realized like an hour later, no, this is a hundred percent going to get me down. Me saying it's not going to get me down is um, a bald face lie. So there we are. And four so, months later, here we are. <laughs> here we are. So we should probably tell the listeners, tell the AGs, tell the sassies. So you and I talk essentially throughout the day. Yes. About all things Bravo and also um, just everything else in life. Just everything in life, yeah. <laughs> we are the same age, which is uh, what? How old are we? We are in our <laughs> we We're, are in our mid twenties. Our mid teens. <laughs> it's still the early aughts right um and so you are one of my favorite people to talk about housewives with even though i think we have some differences of opinions and it's tough because we're in this thread with fellow bravoholics and like usually we go full out but since i knew that you were gonna guess there have been a few occasions where somebody says something and i'm literally threatening your life in the group i'm like dylan if you even (laughs) open your mouth before we record i'm gonna fucking slit your throat i think it was on thursday of this week and it's now saturday you basically put me on a denise richards gag order (laughs) (laughs) much like much like denise richards did to perhaps her fellow cast members (laughs) You told me and to cease God and desist. Bless her. Any- and this is our 
This is our Brandy and Andy one on one session, oh is God. what we're having now. Is that, Which, is that happening? I, so, so can, let's just get started with this. So, the reunion happened, they recorded it this week. Rinna posted on IG stories. Rinna's new strategy is to say something shady, leave it up for two hours, and then take it down and pretend she never said anything. So Rinna put up a post that said, essentially, uh, we just did the reunion. It was bullshit. I've never said that, but it was like a fucking hot mess. And then it came out that, you know, they recorded for 13 hours. The ladies, aside from Sutton and and, uh, Denise, um, posed for a picture together. So who knows if... They recorded in separate homes and then met up or those core group of housewives recorded together and then Andy zoomed from New York. I mean, I'm I'm not entirely certain, but it looks like Brandy wasn't allowed to participate. And of course, this is according to Brandy. So who the fuck knows? And Brandy herself said that she's going to be doing a one on one with Andy. But again, since she didn't lie about cancer and to our knowledge, she hasn't gone to rehab recently. It's not going to be like the one-on-one that we saw with Brooks and Luann. I think it's going to, or Kim even. Right. I think it's going to be just like a little, like almost a vignette. I mean, what is there really to say to her? I mean, honestly, I when she says that she's doing a one-on-one with Andy, that could mean she's coming on Watch What Happens Live just for a normal episode. Who the fuck knows? Brandy is the kind of person where I don't think Brandy... I've never thought Brandy is a liar. I think that Brandy... She, she's I'm not, giving eyes. She's not someone who is typically telling full lies, but she's the kind of person who loves to stir it up and obviously yes. can perhaps stretch the truth to make it fit her narrative. And I would say... I'm waiting for a little more information on what a one-on-one with Andy actually looks like for her because, to be honest, we still haven't seen most of her stuff on the show yet, but I'm not sure I really feel like that's something we're going to need. Yeah, I'm wondering... Uh, I don't want to say I was wrong, per se. Moi? Ever? <laughs> no. Not possible. But... I really have enjoyed this season of Beverly Hills so far. I just am concerned that they're recording this early unless it's maybe relating to like needing a longer time to edit and the fact that they already took a huge break and they don't want to do that again in between the finality finality <laughs> the finality of the finale and the first episode of the reunion. But I'm like a little nervous that we got like a crazy good premiere or first couple episodes a ridiculous trailer Mm -hmm. and like what's actually happening now like I feel like we're we haven't learned a lot of lessons from what happened last season it feels a little bit like it's being duplicated like it's one person albeit someone who I think is much more empathetic than Lisa Vanderpump it's one person surrounded by people who are gaslighting her or at the end of the day alienating her from the rest of the cast and that's all there is it's one very strong big alliance and then another person what's interesting to me right now comparing it to last season with lisa i feel like with the lisa situation with the dog yes it got dragged out more than it needed to but there was there was an actual issue at the heart of that conflict Mm -hmm. and i think it was a lot of kind of long-standing tensions and 
resentment and stuff that kind of finally came to a head. Whereas with Denise this season, it's interesting because right now there still isn't any real beef that most of these women have with Denise that's tied to anything consequential. It's just that they're annoyed with her or don't feel like she's being open or anything. So it's, I would say I, I right now fall somewhere in between team Denise and team everyone else, but I don't really get, I do think that it seems it's confusing why they're even really arguing. It feels like they're very angry at her intention, what they perceive as her intention. They're very angry at the idea that she brought up any kind of concern about behavior around her kids and may have intimated from that that the reason she's raising that concern is to call them bad parents. I mean, I watched the episode, as we all know, a second time. I watched it this morning, and there was that scene with Rinna and Denise where Rinna was like, why didn't you just keep your kids' concerns to yourself? Which is the exact opposite of what these women should be doing. You're supposed to raise concerns, especially real concerns that you have on camera. And they've all decided that the reason she was raising those concerns was to in some way call them out, which just doesn't, it doesn't at its core make sense to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I never really thought the mom shaming thing was, I didn't really understand why they chose to go down that road because I don't think there was enough evidence to really have a strong case. And it's such a, Mm -hmm. getting into like mom shaming and parenting is such a, you're just getting in the weeds. Nothing good is ever going to come of that. People feel very strongly about their own parenting. But I think for me, the thing that has frustrated me the most about Denise Mm -hmm. is that Mm-hmm. whatever happened to incite this issue and this rift between her and most of the women, clearly it exists now. And I, it's been frustrating to watch kind of episode after episode, Denise mostly only filming at group events. Mm-hmm. And then she shows up to the group event and all these other women who are doing their job on a TV show, which is to, you know, create conflict and storylines and whatnot that's the only time they're seeing Denise. So if they feel like they have drama with Denise, that's when they're going to bring it up. And then now two or three times we've seen Denise, you know, leave early. And it's frustrating to watch because I think this week, finally seeing Lisa and Denise sit down one-on-one, I think that should have happened like four episodes ago because it's hard when you're, if you don't want to talk about it in a group setting, but you're only ever showing up to film at full cast events, you can't just say that over and over and over again and then just hope it never gets talked about. That's not how Housewives works. I hear you and I agree with you in many ways, but didn't these women set up this dynamic? They're making her feel incredibly uncomfortable about being in their environment because they can't let it go. Like you could make the same argument about Garcelle not being present mm-hmm. for individual filming. And and that is something, but I don't necessarily think that is Garcelle or Denise's fault. That's really a concession that production made in order to have both of these women in the cast where they understood that they're, if this is based on genuine availability Mm -hmm. and not like fear about being buried on camera, 
production understood that these women have limited availability based on outside um, contracts and work and whatever else. And so they're able to film either on their own or in these group settings, which is, of course, a deterrent to building stronger, better relationships because you're not able to develop like one on one trust. And these other women who have the housewives more at the center of their lives, Erica Jane, aside from Chicago, Dorit, certainly Kyle, certainly Rinna, 100 percent, you know, they already have this like Teddy or whatever. They already have this like developed trust and alliance within each other, and they're also more available. So it's a disservice to Garcelle and Denise because they're not as available. But I also think like some of that is genuinely calendar availability, and some of that is just the construct of the environment that the majority of these women have created and maintained. It's interesting when you say it like that about how you have this core of women that's like Kyle, Dorit, Lisa. Erica and uh, Teddy to some extent, even though I don't give a shit about Teddy, but Amen. that it's like, I feel like more of a connection. Connection sounds stupid, but it's like, I feel more invested in their narratives maybe because they're kind of fueling the show more. Whereas with Denise, mm-hmm. I don't, it's not necessarily her fault. Like you said, it's based on availability or, you know, the other women may be a little unfair with how they bring things up when they do see her. But I think just maybe from from kind of like a subliminal perspective when I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, okay, like I've, I've, I'm with Dorit. Like I've been seeing Dorit this whole time and then Denise showed up and now she's already leaving again. And she's saying she's not mad, but if she wasn't mad, why would she be leaving? And so it's maybe not like a level playing field because the women I think are being a little unfair to her, especially with the parenting stuff. But I think maybe in my mind, that's why I'm kind of frustrated with Denise, if that makes sense. It does. For me, when I think about believing in someone's narrative, I mean, what narrative are the majority of these women giving? Denise is giving (laughs) us honesty about her kids dynamic whatever mixed with some production which is ti always like what's kyle's narrative right now kyle is what she's a cast member of beverly hills she and has she's fun she's got a sister with new tits what else is going on with kyle this a season? beautiful collection of robes that i know you enjoy great <laughs> i do <laughs> shout out to kyle and kyle and Chihita. love you guys um So there's that. Dorit has slightly more of a narrative because she's been willing to be actually honest with the Denise dynamic and has been able to introduce that with her like relationship with PK and mistakes that he's made. A touching scene in her walk-in closet this week that I actually I've never been more sexually attracted to. And I know it's a low bar, but he looked not okay. Apparently I've been in quarantine for too long. Did he not look pretty good this week pk certainly looks the best he's looked since they've been on the show that photo the photo that dorit posted of them like on the staircase in their outfits from kyle's party i was like pk looks good pk does look good shout out to pk i nuzzled him once outside of the background hotel in new york city because i heard a british person talking and i was like oh ha 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 and i started thinking about whatever and then someone mentioned lisa vanderpump and i was like what and i turned around and it was PK himself and I literally lost my mind we took a selfie and he was like let's take another one and it was a full 45 seconds of him literally nuzzled in the nook of my shoulder and I will treasure that moment forever um (laughs) 
But with Dorit, yeah, so she has, like, more of a narrative. Okay, Rinna's narrative is what? Her kids are broken? Rinna does not have... Yeah, I mean, you're right. Cool. Like, I know, I... You're so right. I just think that it's... I know, it's hard. It's not... <laughs> and the thing is, it's... When I'm trying to describe it, the thing is, like, I'm not anti-Denise. I don't feel... I don't have, like, negative feelings toward Denise. I just think that I feel, like... So I fall somewhere more in the middle than I know you do. And so I'm trying mm-hmm. to kind of play devil's advocate. But even then when I... Which I love. When I try to explain it, I'm like, I don't think Denise is wrong. I just think that it's... I think that everyone is kind of like contributing to it not being the best it could. Because I, I do think even if the women are being assholes about bringing up whatever shit, I think the show would be better if Denise stayed at the party and... Yes. Fought it out. Absolutely. And I also, but I, the whole thing of like, you just need to stay. I think Sutton said this on something. I don't remember if it was the after show or what, but there was this whole defense of she needed to stay. And Dorit has said it too. She needed to stay in order to kind of like squash this and move on. But the problem with that is their idea of like coming to terms with this is having Denise admit the reason that she said what she said was not because her kids were actually concerned, but because she was trying to call her co-stars bad parents. And Denise's contention is I never actually, that was not my intention. So I don't see how they could ever move on from this. I feel like it's it's disingenuous of them to say, if you stayed longer, we could talk this out because they have said repeatedly what their side of it is. It just so happens that Denise disagrees. And now because Rinna has really revealed herself as a toxic, awful friend and someone who's very invested in like stirring shit up, but she doesn't in a way that's so almost not evil, but she doesn't in a way that's so disingenuous, mm-hmm. I will say that none of the other stuff that they're saying makes sense to me. Cause I look at her as somebody that's sitting down at a table and is saying, this is your fault. You never should have talked about your kids. You just should have swallowed it whole and kept it to yourself, which is the exact opposite of a housewife's job title, which is bringing stuff up. And if, if Rinna felt that way, she would never bring up this dynamic over and over and over again. She needs to take her own counsel to heart. It's interesting because we're talking about bringing it up over and over again. And that's why on this week's episode, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Camille showing up almost felt like a breath of fresh air just Mm. because there was some tension that finally had nothing to do with Denise. I agree with you. Although even the Camille stuff, I was like... It felt like a little bit of like a rusty blade where something is supposed to cut, but it's just not doing a very good job of it. So I'm watching Camille and I'm thinking like, should I empathize with her? I don't think that's why she's here. Why? What has Camille told herself in order to convince herself to film knowing these women are not going to be cool to to and at her. It It, was It doesn't really make sense. I mean, it definitely... It's so weird because I... Maybe I've just blocked out last season of Beverly Hills because it was Mm -hmm. such a mess. It was so bad. But I feel like I had forgotten how no one in the current cast is on good terms with Camille. Because I was like, okay, so Kyle's showing up to her house. They have some stuff to talk through. Okay, yeah, like, I guess they had issues. And then she sees 
Rinna, and I'm like, oh yeah, Rinna doesn't like her. And then she sees Dorit, and I'm like, oh yeah, Dorit hates her. And then Teddy is like, I know you don't like me. And it's like, wait, wh- like, why is she here? <laughs> like, I, it was, fu- I, I, I don't dislike Camille. I don't have a problem with her being around, but the fact that she was given so much screen time this episode with no real context was a little jarring. I would like to know what Camille's goals were in (laughs) filming again and attending the party. If someone can slide into Camille's DMs, my guess is she's more than happy to talk. I would like to genuinely know, like, was she doing it because she felt like she came off badly at the reunion and she wanted to kind of, like, start over? Was she doing it because she wanted to continue that kind of like sharp conversation my guess is no was she doing it because i mean i keep going back to like the reputation restoration Mm -hmm. was she doing it because she felt in some way that it wasn't even about repairing herself that she had been hearing from so many of her like maybe fans like team lvp people where she felt like she would be better protected or because she knew she was going down with Denise and she wasn't going to be the primary target. Like what was it? I'm trying it's wild. I'm trying to find the tweet from last year where Camille basically said she was done with. Oh yeah. And right. She said repeatedly on social that she was done. And then it like two weeks later, she's like, okay, I'm filming. She went from being it's done. And then it, they started filming and she's like, well, nobody asked me, I guess I'm not involved. And then it went from that to like, um, okay, guys, you'll see me next season. Uh, bye-bye. Okay, so she tweeted in August of last year, which is before they started filming, I wasn't asked back. It's fine. I did my time on the show, and it's Kyle's show. <laughs> that is that is such a Camille thing to say, oh. that it's like, I wasn't asked back. It's fine. And anyway, it's Kyle's show. Because anytime she was actually on the show, she would never have admitted that. <laughs> Can I just say 100% agree, and she's doing it in a way to be like, fuck you, Kyle. The single best moment of the show, and I don't mean this in any kind of like shitty way, I genuinely loved it, was the very, very beginning when the door opens to Camille's house and Kyle's outside, and they give each other a look that was like straight from like Dallas, not Real Housewives, but like old school yes. Dallas or Dynasty, Dynasty. <laughs> like an actual, an actual television show, not a piece of shit. Um, where it's like this grand, like two dames meeting each other and they both have a wink in their eye, like a twinkle in their eye, a wink to us, the viewers of like, you know why we're here. We're pretending that we're like opposing foes meeting up. It felt very cheeky and funny in a way that I actually really enjoyed. Like Camille's Camille's, like freshly injected face, just looking, looking like (laughs) slightly off of the camera at Kyle. Kyle. Hi. <laughs> and it's so it's so funny because it almost felt Dynasty is such a good comparison because it literally feels like two women who mm. you've seen as basically like blood enemies and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. okay but for the plot this season you guys are going to be friends now. So Exactly. Go to her house, see, take the tour, and it was that scene was so strange because I felt like I had missed something. Like I I had to like check the timestamp on the episode because I was like, wait, this is this is the beginning of the episode. Like, why are we at Camille's yeah. house? Like, what? 
they were definitely writing a story. I think they maybe either forgot another chapter or were relying on us. Like they forgot a first chapter or were relying on us to sort of decipher and remember. Well, and they did show, so as they've done a lot this season, they showed kind of in flashback Camille calling Kyle and being like, hey, I want to talk, come Mm -hmm. to my house from Mm -hmm. the day before. And it's, it's an interesting tactic that they've used this season basically cutting out a lot of actual scenes and just showing them kind of little bits and pieces to fill in the blanks and I think it's nice because it feels like things move at a faster clip but at the same time at the same time it's like wait why are we at Camille's house (laughs) right there is a little bit of um a whiplash that one can feel but I I do have to say because Apparently, they just extended filming after the Brandy stuff and mm-hmm. Rome and whatever else. Because they extended filming, they were able to cut out a lot of sort of scenes that maybe weren't entirely extraneous, but could become so in order to, like, make a little mini flashback. Instead of, like, a five or six minute scene, it was, like, a two second, like, here's what happened right. on this trip that we're sort of referencing in confessionals. And I think it really worked in our favor. It feels snappier and quicker and in some ways lighter, I just feel like now we're reaching the point in the season where I just I thought that there was going to be something else. I, I was nervous about the build up to Rome when allegedly this shit goes down and Denise leaves uh, about the whole Brandy stuff. I was nervous about that because I was nervous that we were going to have like 10 or so episodes of nothing. And then this huge yes. thing that's built on Brandy info. So like I don't trust that to begin with and then nothing else. And instead, we've had some quality episodes. It's just now we're in a place where now when the Brandy stuff comes out, I would think that Denise would be all the more focused on fleeing altogether because she has no trust in these women. So regardless of whether or not the Brandy stuff is real, if I was Denise, I would be thinking like, okay, you guys are just like seeking to avenge your hurt feelings from before yeah have some revenge against me and destroy my reputation or whatever or pull out these dirty little secrets assuming they're correct because you're trying to completely divert attention from your own insecurities about what happened at that cookout. It's interesting. I would say if I were watching this season completely blind with no Mm -hmm. kind of concept of what's coming, I would say just from what we've already seen, if you asked me, is Denise going to go on a trip with these women? I would say Mm -hmm. 50-50 maybe. Because, I mean, it's not unheard of for housewives to skip trips especially someone in Denise's position she doesn't she doesn't need this as much as some people do so if she really was you know feeling like fuck this I'm done with it I could totally see her just from what we've already seen being like I don't feel like going to Rome with these bitches and obviously there's going to be some more kind of like salacious stuff happening theoretically that's going to kind of raise the stakes but even right now if I were her I would maybe not want to go on that trip. Yeah, I can't imagine it. With the only ally that you have, Garcelle, and essentially like 40% of Dorit. I mean, Garcelle's great. We like her, but she's a new housewife with no real cachet with these women from like a personal relationship level. She does have a really successful acting career, and that matters, especially in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, 
but that's kind of it. I mean, that's a really tough position to be in. Garcelle's in such an interesting position. And I think you talked about this on your last episode um, about, or maybe, I don't know, some, I've, you've talked about Garcelle, but I've, it's so interesting because I feel like everyone really likes her, both, mm-hmm. both watching the show for the most part. And I feel like the women in the group in general think she's fun to have around and are kind of excited by her presence. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious if this season we're going to get really any more, any deeper with her. Cause so far I'm really enjoying her on the show, but when you're talking about, you know, who's propelling the narrative forward, Garcelle's story right now isn't really connected to anyone else in the right. cast. And I think it's it'll be interesting if that continues through the end of this season and then it's kind of like, okay, like, loved you on the show, had fun watching you, but, like, you didn't really find a way in at all with what you were doing. Well, her way in, I think, is going to... I mean, there's been this strange, not really tension, but something with Kyle. With Kyle, yeah. I'm, and there's also there's also the... What will happen with Denise, I think, is her way in into, like, a real slam-bam, thank you, ma'am, her next season is going to come from being such a strong, supportive friend of Denise who may kind of call it quits after this. I don't see a way in which she could return. There's no way without a huge, huge cast change, which I don't see that happening without a cast change. And also, I mean, it not that these are the same situations at all, but what it makes me think a little bit of Vicky when all of a sudden she was suing Bravo mm. and it's like, do you want to be a housewife again? Because bringing legal action against your network is probably not the way to make that happen. And I don't think it's the same situation with Denise, but if there are rumors that she served Bravo with the cease and desist about some of the Brandy stuff, and I can't imagine that production would be super happy about that. I mean, I think the closest comparison when you look at what has allegedly happened, which is Brandy serving some sort of cease and uh, not Brandy, sorry, (laughs) Denise serving some sort of cease and desist relating to you cannot bring up certain things specifically at the reunion. I, I won't allow it, whatever, blah, 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 is Leah Black in Miami, who allegedly served papers. I don't know if it was to production or to. I don't think it was to Anna. It must have been production because of stuff that Anna allegedly said about Leah at the Miami reunion that was cut from the episode. So that's why some of those reunion episodes during that time are a little choppy when it's like Anna says something and it's a quick cut to Leah's face and she looks sort of more in pain than it would make sense in the context. And um, Adrian Maloof in um, Beverly Hills, who's like, don't fucking bring up the surrogacy stuff you cannot actually call that out and not so in Leah's case but certainly in Adrian's case that was as you were saying sort of a part of her swan song of like I'm going to fulfill the obligations of my contract except of course Adrian didn't show up at the reunion so her last whatever blah 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 of, uh, her last action is being a real housewife or whatever the famous line is was not showing up um, but you know that was kind of their way of saying I'm going to fulfill some aspect of this but I won't allow you to continue bringing up defamatory information regardless of whether or not it's correct right and I think it's it's important to note that Denise for all the like rumors and stuff that have floated around 
as far as we know, Denise never actually walked off the show or stopped filming fully. She might not have, Mm -hmm. she might have started skipping events or something, but she didn't just, it wasn't like, a Lisa Vanderpump situation where she just ditched mm-hmm. the show halfway like, through the season. Like, literally fully quit. And, like, fully, fully quit. Or and, Tinsley, even. Yes. For a different reason. For a happier reason. But, yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure that Denise was at the reunion this week. Or filmed for the reunion. Yes, she did. She said she did on Instagram. Yeah, so, she posted a photo of, like, I need to memorize all these lines right. after I spent 13 hours <laughs> so, screaming. So, it's her. interesting because Denise is definitely... If the cease and desist you know, reports are to be believed. She's definitely towing the line of, you know, interfering with the show, but also fulfilling her obligations. And I'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of how Bravo and production deal with that for a future season. And if they are in the mood to kind of like punish her for that. I wonder if the cease and desist was against individual housewives themselves, like Rinna, shut the fuck up, I'm serving you, or if it was against the show itself. I don't know what's more likely. Well, I, I mean, I don't, again, like, I feel like all of this is just, like, reportedly such know. and such. Right, 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 it's all I've definitely alleged. seen people say that she sent a cease and desist to Bravo. Uh, basically, okay, basically... With the idea that they wouldn't be allowed to air certain footage, but... I mean, uh, Jesus, that's, it's a little late in the game. The problem is when this stuff leaks by whomever, probably, I don't know, I, I would think I could see some cast members with a vested interest in leaking this information, but... um. It leaked how many months ago? I mean, we've kind of known that's the whole thing with this. We're building to this whole, did you fuck Brandy and P.S. did Aaron know? And now we're dealing with this other stuff, which is more important for the housewives when they're talking about like, you're making me seem like a bad person, blah, blah, blah. But for the viewers, it's like, wait, we have that on top of this other thing? Like, aren't we supposed to be building toward a surprise? Instead, I feel a little exhausted. I think that's, it's kind of been strange this season because we theoretically knew so much about the conflict before the season even started with all the Brandy stuff. I mean, the Brandy stuff broke in like November and December that it was happening so so long ago like they were they were still filming and so it almost has been a little it felt like a it's felt like there have been some kind of false starts this season not in a bad way but just in a way that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us thought that the main drama of the season was going to be Brandy versus Denise and clearly clearly that's not really like how the actual filming of the season went down even if the Brandy thing ends up being the biggest kind of you know bombshell it's not mm-hmm. the majority of the time of the season which I'm I think I'm kind of glad about I've, I've enjoyed it so far and I don't I think Brandy is kind of could go either way I don't know if I'll enjoy it it feels I mean like here's my question at what point were Kyle and Rinna the I think the main people in this scenario informed about the, these rumors with Brandy and Denise. Did it happen before Brandy was invited to Kyle's fundraising event? It didn't happen for the no. first time on camera. I'll grant you that. I, absolutely impossible. So Brandy, so I interviewed Brandy in April, and I mean, of course, you know, it's her side of the story. Whatever, take it with whatever grain of salt you want. But she was saying that when she came on the show 
at first, she just got invited to the party. Like, I mean, especially on Beverly Hills, I feel like past housewives get invited to these parties all the time, whatever. Adrian's there, you know, mm-hmm. Kim's there. And Eileen. Right. And so she she said that when she first kind of showed up for filming, it really was there was no kind of plan. Like she wasn't they hadn't contacted her. She wasn't like cast on the season. She just went was mm-hmm. at the party. And that okay. then like after that, then she, I mean she she claims that somebody else spread the the rumor about Denise. She claims that she had nothing to do with it getting out. Okay, but okay, we all understand that if you like fucked someone and there are two of you in that room, who is going to do we think Denise appears to <laughs> no. be somebody who's really going to talk about her sexual Okay, okay, okay. So or is it going to come from Brandy? To clarify. I wonder. To to <laughs> clarify. To clarify. So when I when I interviewed her, she said that she had told a couple of uh, close friends. No, I don't believe it. People, what? Whoever. No. Randy trusted people and it didn't work out? Oh, my God. And I'm sure. I'm sure based on what we've seen on camera, it was one or two. Right. I mean, that's people. the thing. I'm saying it's her side of the story. Take it with a grain of salt. But according to Brandy. Perpetual victim. According oh my God. to Brandy, Brandy, when she came on the show, there it wasn't even a thought in her mind that it was going to be a thing. Who knows? Well, that I actually, I might believe that part. And she might not have known, if she really walked into that party, she may not have known the tension that many of these people had around yeah. Denise. Although, if she was still good friends with Kim and Kim and Kyle were talking, she probably had an idea of something. But I could, in her defense, see her walking into a party and not maybe knowing how bad it was or not knowing at that extent if she had something that she was interested in using in order to like get herself into the thick of it well and i'm not entirely clear if she and denise had already hooked up at this point allegedly because in the preview for next week's episode when they're still at the party we see denise or we see brandy kind of like throwing herself at denise and aaron and saying she wants to be in a throuple with them and i don't know if that is post or pre-alleged I feel, like I, it had, <laughs> I feel like it had to have been post. And actually, if she was doing that, then isn't that an indicator that she knew that Aaron maybe didn't know about that? If she's saying that, like, right, if they if, hooked up, if, it doesn't make sense. If Brandy can't come <laughs> off as like the <laughs> it's it's a big shock to my system, shall we say, but don't think what she's been saying is accurate it doesn't the, the time the time stamp of her twat like like literally like <laughs> sorry somebody called me a cunt repeatedly several times via instagram because they're very much pro team stassi so all i've been thinking about this morning is like am i um imagine caring so, about stassi <laughs> can you believe can i just say someone slid into my dms and said a whole bunch of stuff Every DM, surprisingly, it was a white male. Can't believe it. Every DM was like the most, it's like, it was like the instruction guide for misogyny of like, what do I, a white man, think will be the most upsetting for a woman to hear? So he just listed all of those things in relation to me. 
I don't know, not thinking Stassi was terrific. It was the wildest thing. But anyway, I re reported his account to Instagram and they followed up two minutes later and said, um, this does not betray any kind of bullying or harassment. They're like, not girls, just keep it moving. <laughs> just keep it moving. To which I think maybe this guy is right. Maybe I am a cunt. And Instagram is just agreeing. Anyway, sidebar. Guys, be nice to people. Wait, remember, maybe not Stassi. I literally have a throw pillow. <gasps> Oh my God, so you can't Dylan Hafer. I'm holding up to the Zoom uh, my throw pillow with Brandy Glanville's tweet printed on it that says, oh my God, I think I'm getting sued again. <laughs> what was the timestamp on that tweet? Uh, 1.49 a.m., April 22nd, 2020. Oh, so that was in relation to That this. was, so it was like the week after the season started and that was when Brandy had basically been mouthing off a lot about the show oh, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And then she tweeted also around that time that like Bravo asked her to stop talking about the show. <laughs> what is Brandy trying to do? Is she trying to get back? Is she just looking for attention? I know she needs a check and that is not in any way a critique of her. Obviously, you know, you need to work. But is this like... I. I, I want to understand her intentions and was it was the hooking up related to maybe seeing a role on the show or whatever else? To be like, honest, I I can definitely see that she saw an opportunity for some camera time this past season. I don't think she sees a, a slot for herself on the show, really. Except for Denise's slot, maybe. But, um, <laughs> but like, when, like, again... I interviewed her right around the time the season started and I didn't get the sense that she is like trying to work her way back in or whatever. She seemed very at peace with kind of her, her place in kind of like, yeah, you know, like Bravo, it's, it's what it is. They call me sometimes I go to the party. I don't know, like that I can say whatever I want. Like they, they're not, I, I don't know. I mean, you never know what her like deepest motives are, but I don't get the sense that she is like trying to get back on Housewives because to be honest, it's never going to happen. I think she's trying to get it in the sense that Jill's trying to get it where they really, really want it to happen. They just Hi. don't know how to make it happen. I mean, for real. And they don't know how to get back to that. It's like they really want it to happen. They're resigned to the fact that it's probably not going to happen, but they still really, really want it to happen. And I think for Brandy, for for Jill, it's more of like an ego thing. I think for Brandy, it's like money number one. Yeah. And also maybe back in that like place of fame. But the it's Brandy doesn't live here anymore. You know, it's it's she's a different person than she was before. And it doesn't it wouldn't make any sense. And it just makes me kind of judge Kyle a little bit for trying to rewrite the history of their relationship and saying, like, maybe she's misunderstood. And it's like, OK, sweetie, but. A lot of shit happened, and that's just not just you know. It's always interesting when people talk what you're about presenting. when people talk about housewives coming back. I think it's it's really hit or miss kind of what works and what doesn't, and people love to throw out their most beloved names of people who should come back, but some people just aren't meant for housewives in twenty twenty. If that makes sense, like I. Take for, like, Atlanta, for example. I feel like people constantly talk about whether Phaedra could, should come back. And mm -hmm. I personally, I think Phaedra was such a great housewife for most of the time that she was on. But okay. I, I cannot imagine her on Real Housewives in that group right now. I, mm -hmm. I think that, sh 
there are some people where the show just leaves them behind. Where whereas or they leave the show behind. They make decisions that are so exactly. across the line well, that it's no longer a possibility. And I mean, with Phaedra, obviously, there's the whole element of should she even like should that even right. be an option on the table because she you know accused one of her cast members of sexual assault but that's like a whole separate thing but even just kind of like personality wise the way mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. kind of is as a person I just don't see it as a good fit anymore and I think like I kind of think the same about Jill I love Jill I think it's fun to have Jill around every now and then she and Luann are still really good friends so it's not a, it's not forced when she does show up, but some I don't think Jill is meant to be a housewife in 2020. I mean, she has not been a housewife in eight years. I think the comparison that you're making is so helpful when I look at the Brandy of it all, because with Jill, so Brandy has said whatever she said on social media. She's trying to like spice things up. She's trying to get attention. And even when she's saying, I can't give any more attention to this, she's still looking for attention in that way by talking about instead of just actually shutting the fuck up. Mm -hmm. With Jill, Jill's been saying some stuff on social this week in an IG live that um, Andy raised in an episode of Watch What Happens with Dorinda of this whole you know, I was supposed to film, yeah. but I was cock-blocked, essentially, by a <laughs> current castmate and has created attention for herself and has been trying to create the narrative of, you know, I might not be back full time, but even these small, lovely little cameos I'm being blocked from doing, and why? You know, so she's trying to make a conversation or storyline for herself and sh- about filming and about production. And she's not even a friend of, she's like not even a cameo plus she's doing background work right now. Well, it's interesting. Jill filmed this season in the Hamptons a couple times because they were the night of Tiki torch mm-hmm. madness. The party mm-hmm. that they decided not to go to was Jill's party the party that Ramona was pushing for people to go to. And that, yeah, yeah, and that right? Ramona ultimately did go to. Cause, right. Because um, Ali Shapiro came on my podcast and she was talking about that, that Ramona showed up that night and they had, they were like, oh, like the rest of the girls didn't want to come. And then they, when they saw the episode, they were like, holy shit, what the, what the fuck happened? And then the next. So did Ramona show up with cameras when she went no, to Jill's? No, she just. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got so it. So camp. Okay. Yeah, so they were supposed to film at Jill's party. Got it, got it, got it. And then when the group decided not to go, Mm -hmm. they just filmed at the house instead. So Ramona went to the party. That wasn't on camera. And then the next day, when... So the Hamptons trip sort of, like, ended after Tiki Torch Night. They Mm -hmm. cleaned up in the morning, and then it was, like, done. But that day, Mm -hmm. um, Luann and Leah, I think, had lunch with Jill. And so it was... And that was filmed. And so it's, like, interesting because... I get, I think that, like, when, you know, Jill is bringing up questions of whether she was supposed to go to the Berkshires and if they stopped her from filming, that's, it can, it can seem a little thirsty, but definitely with this season, there was actually some kind of behind the scenes stuff going on of, you know, Jill's been filming, so, like, she could come to this thing. It wouldn't have been out of left field for her to be around more when they were filming. That's interesting. Yeah. And Dorinda's response to, to what, Jill had been saying on social, which was really directed toward Dorinda, was like, A, 
you're saying that I blocked you from coming to the Berkshires. I don't have that kind of power. B, I mean, what else is there to say to that? I don't have that kind of power. And it, she's sort of that idea sort of um, backed up by the fact that Heather was there. Right. So why would Dorinda do that? But also like. I don't know. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And I've tried to play out devil's advocate with Jill's side. And I just can't get to a spot where it seems in any way realistic. Like, I'm not getting something. I don't know what it is. Or maybe it's that I just don't care enough. I don't know. I think that's... Honestly, I feel like I'm in a similar position where it's like, I like Jill. I like seeing Jill around. Jill, I I wouldn't be mad about seeing more of Jill. But I don't feel like Jill is, is what the show is missing at this point. And, you know, I think with with Leah, obviously, we're kind of hopefully going to be seeing some more interesting, diverse, younger, fresher casting. And as much as anybody might love Jill, I don't think there's any argument to be made that she is those things. <laughs> yeah, Jill's connected to the past and there was a, a maybe a spot for her, but that spot was predicated on existing relationships with some people who we're now realizing and recognizing maybe shouldn't remain on the show. I mean, this whole Dorinda thing, I'm sorry. It's, it's a downer for me. We've seen Mm -hmm. how many episodes and how many seasons of Dorinda lashing out and being belligerent and toxic and verbally abusive. And the next day, either continuing it, which I just watched some Cartagena apps and was like, Jesus. Oh, or or she just, you know. Um, well, you know, you drink the rosé. Right. She's <laughs> like, it's ro- it was rosé o'clock. And her turtle time is being like an actual twat. And it's just difficult because regardless of like, was Lou maybe amping it up a little bit? I don't know. I would be really upset if someone was treating me the way that Dorinda has repeatedly and Mm -hmm. Dorinda's dynamic is to say I don't Dorinda comes out on the offense always on the offense first and it's always something around I don't have a drinking problem because look at how bad your drinking problem was like I first off I don't have a drinking problem there's literally no problem here I just like love to like have a little rosé and call it a day But if you were to say that, you don't have the right to because you were arrested. It actually doesn't make any sense. It's possible that Lou was arrested, which we all know. And Dorinda has, like, serious, uh, uh, serious issues with alcohol abuse, which is a symptom of, like, inner, true, horrific rage. Even if Luann is not the, you know, shining beacon of making good choices, that doesn't mean that she has no grounds to point out some particularly bad choices Dorinda has made. (laughs) Like it's not, it's not a tit for tat thing. It's like, no, like any one of these people could point out that you are behaving badly right now. And just because it's Luann who has a mugshot doesn't mean that the point she's making is any less valid in that moment. (laughs) It was wild to me. I watched this week. I mean, Beverly Hills, I think was far better than New York. New York was just honestly, it landed with a thud. I felt like I've already watched these episodes before. And frankly, they were done better previously than they are now, which is just this warmed over. Wow. Dorinda's misbehaving. Oh my God. What's going to happen? Look at that. She's not taking responsibility for it, but everybody's okay. Just moving on. It just, 
it felt like something that I'd already seen before that had been done better. And now we're just watching this season that I think is maybe the worst season of New York. Obviously, it's a high bar. New York has done like if you think about the seasons that we used to think were pretty shitty, like I think they actually hold up pretty well now. Yes. But it's not. This is, I think, the worst season that New York has had. I, I really do. I don't. I would have to go back. I. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen certain parts of past episodes of New York. Yeah. I feel like maybe this season. I feel like it has. It's not boring in the way that some seasons maybe have been, mm-hmm. but it feels. It's just kind of like. It's kind of depressing. And it, I feel like we, right now the show is, the only parts that are fun, or quote unquote fun, are when they get belligerent and you have Sonia falling out of her chair and Ramona can't plunge the toilet and all of that. And it's, it's sort of, it's a little disturbing how heavily now the show is relying on Anytime these group of women are together, everybody's going to get wasted and it's going to be chaos. And it's it's the kind of thing where I, I love that sometimes. I thought the night in the Hamptons was, you know, epic, so fun, hilarious, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. But the thing is, you should maybe have two or three of those in a whole season. And it feels like we're getting one of those every episode, if not more. Because it's like, okay, we're going to go to the pumpkin patch whatever the fuck everybody's gonna get wasted we're gonna go to the russian bath whatever everybody's gonna get wasted it's halloween everyone's wasted we're in newport everyone's wasted we're at the berserkshires everyone's wasted two nights in a row and it's like i i'm not you know i'm not ramona i'm not gonna shame people for getting drunk but that does that's not the way to put together a compelling season of tv it's just everyone's drunk all the time yeah, I have like a hangover when I watch it. I'm just like I feel kind of gross watching it. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm a participant in this. I'm I'm I but sometimes that's like the housewives at their best when you feel like you're in the middle of it, when you feel so connected. I feel really disconnected watching these episodes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have anything in common with any of these people. I'm watching their social in real time too. I don't get a sense that they really understand that there's a problem here, which is maybe the biggest problem of all. No. I don't know that they really understand that this season is really bad and people are pissed. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, it's, it doesn't, it's tough it's because good. I think there's a, di- there's a divide among people who watch the show, or at least people I see on social media talking about the show, that there are people who they still think that Real Housewives of New York is at its best when Sonia is falling out of her chair and Dorinda's slurring her words and everything's a mess and that that's, oh, Roni, like, oh my God, it's so wild. It's so crazy. Like, I love these women. Like, they're just so insane. And I'm seeing that there's still people every week that are like, oh my God, like, these women are crazy and like, I love them for it. And I feel like I've enjoyed that in the past and I could still be enjoying it if there was enough other stuff going on. But I think that's what this season is lacking is kind of all of the in-between moments because I just, I don't need to see them get, I don't need to see them get wasted every episode. And it feels like every single episode, there's been at least one drunken night. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think in that sense, Beverly Hills is doing a far superior job, yes. which is why I'm having a lot more fun watching Beverly Hills than I am watching New York, which is not the position I thought I would have been in at this moment. I think with Beverly Hills this season, for me at least, it feels like even if the drama is maybe lagging a little bit or a little bit repetitive, we've seen that in the past with Beverly Hills, but I think this season... They've done a great job. I think the casting changes have really been positive this season. Mm-hmm. I like, I love, I I really am a fan of Sutton. I like what we've seen of Garcelle. I wish it was a little more. Mm-hmm. But I think it feels fresher. It feels like the dynamic between the women is more interesting. Whereas mm-hmm. I think on New York, it's like, we pr- basically the dynamic between the women is is what it is and we just watch it over and over again whereas i think on beverly hills it actually feels like there are kind of more different dynamics at play and people are having real conversations and whatever with each other rather than just getting drunk and yelling and you know what it is too it's like I am in quarantine right now. I feel so claustrophobic in my small little New York City um, chateau. And I'm watching New York and I'm just watching these women behave the same way over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. And it just makes me feel like, okay, you know, I'm watching these shows. I'm so grateful that we have new content because sooner than later, we're not going to have any. Um or it's going to be tough what we do in fact see. And I'm just like, I'm in my New York city apartment. I'm watching housewives of New York, which is typically one of my favorite franchises of all time, but like nothing's happening. And this is during a period of time pre Corona where shit is supposed to be happening. I'm supposed to be feeling either sad or good or whatever of watching escapism of life. And the escapism used to be that these women have like money and fame or whatever else. And now it's like, wow, they get to go to brunch You know, and even that I'm not able to experience because it feels like we're living in a very, very, very small universe and world. And that world is filled with like binge drinking and fights that just feel like a tax. Well, I think uh, this just popped into my head and I've definitely thought about this before that with New York right now, I mean, none of these women really have anything going on. Yeah, they're not. I mean, yeah. None of them have, I mean, aside from Leah having her company, none of them have real jobs. You know, Luann has her cabaret, Sonia has her businesses, whatever. None of them have real. They don't have jobs that are not attached, that are independent of their roles on the show. Right. Leah's job is connected to the show. Sonia's job is connected to being a housewife. Yes. They They don't have jobs. Most of them don't have relationships to speak of that we see on mm-hmm. the show at least mm-hmm. we i mean because dorinda broke up with john Tin, we never actually saw scott on the show with tinsley this season and now she's gone mm-hmm. none of them really have i mean none of them have kids that they're dealing with and i think all of those things mm-hmm. you know the thing i care most about is the interpersonal issues with the women but all of those other mm-hmm. things can really flesh out a season and make it feel like it has multiple dimensions. And that's, if you think about like Real Housewives of Atlanta, you have, you know, Candy dealing with mm-hmm. having this booming career and also balancing having kids. And then you have, you know, Portia who has a baby and Kenya who has a baby and they both are having 
marital or relationship relationship issues and you know you have you know it's there are so many different things that are happening both in the forefront and kind of on the periphery of their lives and we're seeing all of that on the show whereas with New York it's like it's literally just other besides Leah it's a group of 50 to 60 year old women getting drunk every week right and P.S. 50 to 60 year old women is like one of my favorite age frames age frames is that even a thing um brackets one of my- <laughs> demographics <laughs> yes is one of my favorite demographics for a housewife i think that's so interesting oh, yeah. to see women at this point where like your kids are off to college or whatever else and maybe you're still married and what's that dynamic with your husband when you don't have to deal with like the children or the household that you used to be able to yeah. that you used to have and like what does that change when you're trying to figure out what your story is in your own life and p.s there's a camera crew there and with this it's like what a waste of potential stories like these women should have stories that are just related to the lives that they even once had and instead all we're getting is like fucking drunken mishigas it's just not enough i mean it's boring that's the worst thing you could say about new york is it's boring right it's like imagine if there was a whole season that was if shannon bedore never had her if she came on the show single and she never had her issues with david or Ooh. and Tamara was single and Vicky was single and none of them were working as much and they were just partying every week. That would be an unwatchable show. And I think Well, I mean, some would say that is what in fact happened with the Trace Amigas, is that it was so just I think three women just doing nothing. It says something that these women are compelling in their own right that we still do watch them and that it's not mm-hmm as bad as it could be, honestly, given the fact that none of them really have anything going on. Can we pivot just for a second? Cause you said, um, Shannon Bedore and I'm immediately <laughs> triggered. So as we know, Dallas and orange County have decided to film because as we also know, California and Texas are doing very well, you know, in controlling the spread of Corona. Much, They're doing much like, a plus plus work. Much like New much Zealand. Like New Zero cases. Okay. <laughs> Okay, according to Kelly. So, you know, I, I have this a- whole thing is a, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Julie, go back to school. Um, so they're filming again, mazel to everyone. Um, and apparently, according to irealhousewives.com, I always tell my sources. Um, so according to that website, but I think it's also social media. I don't really know. Um, anyway, I'm an investigative journalist, just like Carol. Uh, so there was a trip that happened. A couple of women went on it. This fucking season is such a fucking mess. Yeah. So I guess they shot a lot before Corona. They tried to shoot during Corona. Didn't really pan out. And then they're trying to cobble together some sort of something for a season that I would think will be shorter than ones previously. Hope to God. So Bronwyn went on a trip. This is according to iRealHousewives.com. Bronwyn went on a trip. Kelly Dodd went on a trip. Gina went on a trip. And everyone's new best friend, Elizabeth Vargas, who seems like quite the other, a the character. other Elizabeth Vargas, the other Elizabeth Vargas. Um, I don't think they have a ton in common, but um, <laughs> so they went on a trip to Lake Arrowhead in San Bernardino Mountains. So apologies in advance to Lake Arrowhead for whatever they had to suffer through. Lake Arrowhead, and- famously home of one Dana Schroeder. Oh wow. <laughs> What if you really want to 
look to some beacons I'm sure, of um, I'm sure Dana stopped humanity. By, I'm sure Dana stopped by the house in case there were cameras or they needed a cup of sugar. Just hey guys, <laughs> no, or they need, or they needed to borrow some earrings that she could brand. Um, <laughs> so Emily and Shannon didn't join, and there was the idea of like, why weren't they there? And again, according to this blog um, that I have not in any way, you know ascertained as far as like where are you getting this information this blog says that a source told them that shannon and emily didn't go on the trip because emily tested positive for covid19 and and this is a direct quote a family member of shannon has covid19 and shannon likely has it too oh god uh why are we filming i feel like i need to i need to send like a muffin basket to dr moon because i'm sure he's being bombarded right now with texts and calls can you even, and how do you, do people understand that quarantine doesn't mean like you and I, sh- I show up at your apartment, we hang out, we're quarantining together for three hours, we watch a movie and then I go home. That's not quarantining, that's socializing. Do these people actually quarantine like did i don't know they stay somewhere for two weeks all together or separate did they quarantine separately for two weeks certainly not participating in this certainly not kelly is doing everything in her power to come in contact with as many people as humanly possible in her day-to-day life how did they make this safe for everybody and then it turns out two cast members are positive when were they filming with other members of the cast before yeah. they tested pause it's inter- so i don't know if they've been filming in oc before now like i know that they were doing some kind of like at home type stuff earlier during quarantines but i don't know if they've been like filming filming recently mm-hmm. before this trip or if the trip was just kind of supposed to be like a cap on something i don't know Mm -hmm. but either way nobody has been i mean very few people in general have been actually quarantining like i so it's like certainly bronwyn and her 50 kids and her husband have not been like locked down you know like they've right hopefully they wear a mask and are being careful and whatever but like they're they haven't not left their house and so the thought that you can just like throw them in a cabin or wherever the fuck for a few days and just nothing bad is going to happen. It's like at best it's wishful thinking and it more likely than that. It's just like so reckless and irresponsible. And how much of the responsibility does production bear to allow this to happen? It's interesting because I would guess that there's, I mean, I don't know how all of those rules work, but if they have like a camera crew and production team and whatnot that's going there with them, it's not just a matter of, can we have the housewives in a house together? It's a whole ordeal. Like, I think some people, when they think about these shows filming, they're like, oh yeah, like Kelly can go over to Gina's house. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, they're, you know, it's just the two of them. And it's like, that's not how these shows work. (laughs) It isn't. And it's also like, who, why are they doing this? I feel like at some point, we need to understand and embrace the fact that there is going to be a long period of time in which we do not have new seasons of shows. Right. And am I okay with it being a longer period of time 
noting that it will be longer than it needed to be because I'm uncomfortable with people filming right now and putting themselves and cast and crew potentially at risk and also doing so's in states that are very very specifically on the rise right now with numbers of cases and with everything else and I I just I don't see any problem in in waiting and also it just seems like this season is going to be a piece of shit like that's what why do we need to watch this what are they doing this for just throw it out and call it a day right film again start over health concerns aside which i certainly have concerns about that even with even if there was no kind of bigger issue the idea that they filmed let's say they filmed for a month in before times whatever Mm -hmm. And then they have some at-home footage that the ladies may have shot themselves. I'm not positive how that worked. And then we're going to have a break of who knows how long. I don't know if they're going to address that, how how, what they're going to do. And then all of a sudden we have two thirds of the cast on a trip and then Based on what's happening in California right now, I don't think they're going to be able to do filming in Orange County. Stuff is, I mean, stuff is shutting down more than it's opening up. And so I can't imagine that they're going to be able to do, I mean, maybe they'll do a little bit of like wrapping up at people's houses or something, but it's, they can't just start filming again like normal. That's not what's happening right now in California. So it's like, what is that season going to be? And especially if the trip was supposed to be maybe kind of like a a way to bring it all together at the end that, you know, you have the break and then everybody goes on the trip and it's like, that's how the season ends. Two of them couldn't go. So it's like, okay, is Shannon just like wandering in the dark until they start filming season 16? Like, do we just never hear from her again? Like, how does that even work? And I don't, I I really feel at this point, like, they should just cut their losses and hopefully they could film, you know, in November or December and just have a season, a a more normal season in 2021. It's like, what are we really aiming for at this point? Right. And it's not anyone's fault, obviously, that the show began shooting when it did. There was no way for us to know that we were going to be in the middle of the craziest global pandemic the first one i've ever experienced you know and and just this wild time in the world and it just feels like listen these are um unforeseen circumstances but there's no real way to tell this story and also listen you can have that argument of do i want to see corona and this period of strife play out on housewives people are going to feel differently about that For OC, that's the through line for their entire season. There's no other way around it except to see these women kind of experience it, but they don't actually, we're not actually able to see that because they'll be filming on their iPhones and not knowing what the fuck they're doing. Because we know, based on evidence we've seen, that they were filming during periods in which they weren't maintaining social distancing. Like, and Kelly's off doing God knows what. I mean, the way that this is going down, I don't want them to be rewarded by seeing that footage. There was that one one day where like Shannon, Kelly, Emily, and Bronwyn were at somebody's pool in like right. April. And it was like, are you, wait, what? <laughs> what, what are you doing? Go home. 
and I know we, everybody thinks like Bronwyn is God's gift because she's doing good things on social that I don't know about because I am perpetually blocked. But, <laughs> um, but like Shannon, wasn't it Shannon that was wearing a mask that said six feet? And it's like, sweetie, that's not just like what you're looking for on Hinge. Like that's actually there's a meaning there. Oh, God. And you guys are gathered around each other, taking a group photo and wearing these masks that appear to be, according to your personalities, more of a state of mind hobby than something that's supposed to be protecting yourself from someone else's life. I will say I am dreading the idea that every housewife city will have a coronavirus season. It might be unavoidable, but some of them are going to be so much worse than others. Like, honestly, I am kind of excited to see what Atlanta comes up with because they're yeah reportedly starting production very soon. Hopefully, I mean, Atlanta is a shit show right now in terms of COVID. So hopefully they are um, being creative about how they're going to do that safely. But with OC, it's like, oh my God, I just like, I can't imagine that this is going to be enjoyable. (laughs) My life has devolved to such a point where I just realized I don't have a light on in my bedroom. We're looking at each other via Zoom and I'm too lazy having lived in my apartment 24 seven for many months over the past of many months. I have not gone outside at this point because of the weather in a very long time because I can't be in heat. Um, I could have just stepped up from my bed where I am laying right now to turn on a light so you could see me. But instead, I'm using the flashlight on my iPhone. So to you, I probably look like a ghost right now. And you do look a, oh little, my God. a little spooky scary. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah. what were you saying? Um, just, just that I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's don't a whole know. pile of bullshit. And then on top of that, now we have... Um, Vanderpump dogs to look forward to freshly announced wow I thought that was more of a threat than anything else I cannot believe it's actually happening what and what is it going to be it's going to be her talking about fuck and first off why isn't it called pump pets that's number one the worst that's the biggest insult of us all is that they had to do Vanderpump dogs because god forbid we forget her full last name well because what is there to do because Vanderpump talking about Vanderpump dogs is the full product placement. She wasn't just going to give us half a name, you know. Oh, true. That's true. I what are she's nothing. She's nothing at this point. What are we gonna, we're going to watch her ignore her employees while they're out of work and she's probably getting government loans that she's using <laughs> to like buy herself another swan? Like what are we Lisa Vanderpump who's Lisa Vanderpump in this world at this point? I'm sorry. Like Yolanda knew, now I do. Like for real. <laughs> I I just like I don't understand really who the target audience of this is and I mean dogs not cats (laughs) when I say that it's like I know that the target audience is the obnoxious amount of LVP stands that that still exist on Instagram and Twitter like I know they're there but like for the average person for the average Bravo fan I would say who's not like an LVP stan I have not talked to anybody who is interested in this show (laughs) Well, what is the show? I don't even know if there's a synopsis. I just know that it's coming to Peacock. No, so literally the only actual... So Peacock, which launched this week, they did their, their like, 30 Rock reunion special oh, thing. Oh, I heard that, that was terrible, that but I want to watch it. That was actually just advertising for NBC. And Ugh. so there was, like, some montage of, like, all this stuff all these Peacock originals, like, flashing on the screen. And one of the ones that they showed was... Vanderpump Dogs, Peacock Original, and it's they just used Lisa's um, 
like v- pump rules intro of her like throwing her purse and like Ugh. oh my god but, <laughs> but maybe so, she threw a dog that'd be kind of so, interesting to see we don't have any not really we don't have any information about it yet but it's the first time that there's been any like official acknowledgement that it exists and lisa said on twitter she didn't even know that it was being announced so <laughs> I, what are they doing i cannot well, believe first off that they are rewarding someone who walked off of one of their shows by giving her another show that is actually insane to me this isn't candy we're talking about this isn't someone who's killing it on their main show and then successfully pitches other shows and those other shows have plots like this is Who's washing? The, I don't care. Who's she going to throw under a bus? Max? Like, who is she going to have some sort of... It's it's going to be Lisa versus the world. The dynamic with Pump Rules that worked for a while until it didn't anymore was Lisa as the superior in this, who we knew from another show, who we had positive feelings about, and these people who reported to her. So there was right. always a power structure imbalance. Lisa now is probably not thrilled with Pump Rules because as her servers have gotten their own celebrity fame and money, they're able to kind of hold her to account in ways that they could never have before so now she's just trying to do a do-over where it's like lisa vanderpump at the top the woman the name behind the business which is also a non-profit but it's really an operating business and yeah. a stream of revenue for her so it's lisa versus like these people who don't have any power and they're just gonna be like fucking washing dogs like what what is there what what is that also, I will point out, I know this is going to be on Peacock, so it's, I guess, a different kind of measure of success, maybe. But Vanderpump Rules this past season did not get great ratings. It's not like Vanderpump Rules is a ratings juggernaut, and so, of course, Bravo or right. wants to make another show out of it. It's like, Vanderpump Rules isn't doing great. Like, it's had its, it had its lowest rated season... And then we're, so it's like, why are we doing more of that content that already seems like, why do we want it? It's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm so thoroughly unenthused. <laughs> when did, um, did they already film for this? Obviously it got announced because of the three people that were watching that 30 Rock thing, but like, did they already film this or is this going to be washing dogs in the time of Corona? Like, how is that even going to work? Why are they adding a new show right now? Um, How are they going to quarantine the washers? Let alone, <laughs> I just keep thinking it's like well, a drive-through yeah, it's, it's car really, wash for puppies. It's really unclear because they've just announced like 50 different Peacock originals. And they're, I, I'm sure, in various stages of production, development, whatever. So we have no idea. I don't know. I, I, I kind of doubt they've filmed it already because... They would have had to film it like almost six months ago at this point. And I feel like they, we just would have heard about it kind of. And the premise of the show is that this is Lisa Vanderpump's like dog rescue, which would require strangers coming in to see dogs that they would like to rescue. How is that going to work when you're trying to I'm... limit access to people? I mean, rescues right now are operating. So right. I was just on the phone with one of them earlier today. They're operating in a very, very different world than they would be normally. It's like instead of doing walkthroughs of apartments and homes, they're doing like video calls and stuff because they're, people want to stay safe. How is that going to work when you're trying to you know, make things seem like reality when you're filming a reality show. Oh, look, look who just randomly showed up. Nobody's going to be showing up anymore. It's all by appointment. Like, I'm curious none of this works. if we're going to get any appearances by like 
a Lala or a Raquel. Oh, I'm sure. Or a Stassi even down the line. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. No, she, she's going to try to find a way to bring her back. I'm sure this is the way to do it with her little bambino. Like, oh, you know, I can't have a puppy. I have a baby. Oh, and Lisa, of course, this is, you know, this is also going to be one of those shows where they make it seem like Lisa is there all the time. Like how on Real Housewives of New Jersey, they make it look like Melissa Gorga just like works at Envy. <laughs> And, you know, so, you know, like, Stassi's going to walk in the door and it's like, hey, Stassi, that, you know, she was supposed to find a puppy for a baby. And it's like, Lisa, like, you don't actually, like, you're not, like, the person greeting people at the door. She would never. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a shit show. I don't think I'm going to watch. There are extension shows for Housewives that I haven't watched. I, like, barely survived this season of Pump Rules. Um, I wish them the best, by which I mean the worst. Um, I wish some of them the best. By them, I only mean uh, Lisa. Lisa and the six personalities that we've seen her exhibit. Um, Bobby Fisher. (laughs) Lisa and Bobby. And I I just don't see a world in which she's going to be of interest to me. I think there needs to be a time in which she's really held accountable and Bravo just keeps letting her run along. It's just... It's really unfortunate. Um, can we do a... I need to, like, talk about... I have some wild satchels for you that we yeah. need to discuss. So we're going to do a Patreon app after this. There is one satchel that I got earlier this week. Oh, my God. Some questions about, like, International Housewives. I have some I have some AGs who are proposing excellent solutions to okay. um, new content. So we're going to talk about that on Patreon. So, guys... If you haven't joined Patreon already, it's like a dollar fifty a year, and it supports Andy's girls and yours truly, Sarah Galley, who may not have a career ever again <laughs> thanks to this wonderful pandemic. So, link to support. Um, you get bonus ex- exclusive episodes. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/Andy's girls. And P.S. If you are the OG of the AG level, you already got a direct message from me. The first ever Zoom Andy's Girls Turtle Time Kiki is going to be on August 8th at 8 p.m. 8, 8 at 8. Um, so, and it's exclusive only to OG of the AG Patreon members. So if you want to talk to yours truly directly about Lisa Vanderpump or anything else, <laughs> I will be there ready, willing, and hopefully capable. Um Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. It is the number one way to support the Screech. Um, Okay, but here is a satchel that I got that I said I immediately wanted to make sure I gave attention to on the podcast. Um, We've had a couple episodes of talking about jewels and really looking about looking at um, issues of race and racism in America and what um role bravo has played in uh power imbalance and dynamic that needs to be corrected so i got an amazing satchel about jewels um uh from an ag that i read previously and she's come up in recent conversation and i got a satchel about jewels that i wanted to um, include in this week's episode so it's a satchel from esther in san francisco who says Hi, Sarah. I love your podcast and I'm thankful for your weekly episodes. They've gotten me through hard times. Thank you for that. Obviously, I'm on board already. Um, And uh, Esther continues, I wanted to share an experience with you as a Korean American. 
Jules Weinstein is half Japanese, not half Chinese. This is something that you misrepresented in a previous episode where you said, and I'm paraphrasing here, she's Chinese, Japanese, some type of Asian. This is significant because this is felt as a microaggression to East Asians. In America, we are lumped together into one group, despite these three ethnicities being strongly distinct and we are held to whatever stereotypes people have about Chinese, Japanese, and Korean people, respectively. When the society at large lumps you into one group and you're a minority, it causes feelings of being unseen and invisible. And it's incredibly frustrating and disempowering. I know you didn't mean harm, but I wanted to share and represent an Asian American voice. And what I have to say to that, Esther, is you are 100% right. I absolutely misrepresented it. I was thinking of Jules's um, tagline, which frankly I should know by now, uh, of I was thinking it as a, a Chinese person and a Jew walking into a bar. And it's not that. It's she's saying that she's an Asian person and a Jew walking into a bar. And even me saying that in my head, I'm like, did I say that correctly? I might not have. All this to say you are 100% right. I'm so apologetic. And um, I've heard from other um, AGs who uh, um, I posted this on social the second I received it from Esther and have heard from other AGs who are um, Asian American AGs. And I just want to say that um, I hear you. I'm so sorry. This is absolutely was absolutely a microaggression. And um, when you know better, you do better. And um, it's something that was alerting lesson for me and I was so offhand when I said it which is like the worst kind that is the epitome of a microaggression where I'm like yeah whatever it is and then moving on that's exactly what was wrong in what I said the manner in which I said it which was you know just being kind of flippant yeah I actually I listened to the episode after I had seen you post that on social so it, it like my ears like perked up just because I had yeah and I was it, it is the kind of thing where it's like Obviously, you didn't mean anything by it, but I think we're, you know, a lot of us are really understanding now that intent is not as important as impact. And, exactly. you know, exactly. it's all about, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you're like a white person right now, when you say you mean, well, go fuck yourself. And I put myself I in that same bucket. It's like we're too old for that shit. And it's like we're too mired in really significant problems. And this is one of them. So. Um, to Esther and everyone else, I just want to tell you I'm um, apologetic and I hear you. And I hope by reading this satchel that other people who may have said something similarly also understand that um, it's inappropriate and that we need to um, uh, be better. And so I will. I hope to. And I'm so appreciative um, for getting that feedback because I, I take it incredibly seriously. Um, on another note... <laughs> for you about Kim Zolciak, International AGs, oh and some other stuff. So I'm so excited. So guys, that Patreon episode will be up at the point in which you're listening to this episode. Oh my God, best friend, love of my life, Dylan Hafer. Tell the folks at home how to listen to Mention It All and follow you and Bravo by Betches, my two favorite Instagram handles of all time. Yes. Okay. So Mention It All, the podcast, we do episodes two to three times a week. They're just like little bite-sized little little things that you can just gobble right up. I hate that I just said that. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts. There's a joke somewhere in there. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Um, direct link is betches.co slash mention, and that'll take you to the Spotify page. Um, 
I would love if you would follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and or Twitter. That's my work baby. And then my personal social accounts. It's at mm. Dylan Hafer on Instagram and at the Dylan Hafer on Twitter. Mama likey. I love in your like <laughs> memes and shit on fucking um, look how um, great I am with words right now. Bravo by Betches and your personal are so fucking good. I like laugh my ass off all day. Thank you. Yeah, I've recently been clowning on Florida a lot in my personal <laughs> account. So that's <laughs> feeds the soul. Who doesn't love a clown? Um, Dylan Hafer, a joy. Guys, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I can guarantee that 97.3% of you are not. Um, and that's where I get my satchels from. Do some polls. Put some shit up just now about Denise versus Rinna and some other stuff. And I'm and Camille versus everybody else. And I am dying over the response I've gotten so far. Um, and I love to hear from you. Um, if you like Andy's Girls, take 45 seconds right now and rate the podcast five stars with a rave review. And just so you know, um, just a heads up, iTunes is the most important marketing tool for podcasters. And, you know, working on Andy's Girls for the past 1,700 years with thousands of hours, or at least it feels like that, of content that I've provided. The best way to show appreciation, aside from joining Patreon, is to rate the show five stars. If you have any concerns about audio in a time of a global pandemic in which we're still somehow providing timely and hilarious and entertaining content, I highly encourage you to stop listening to Andy's Girls and start listening to something else that is great for you. Um, <laughs> But maybe don't include that in your actual iTunes review. Um, what is the phrase that I saw the other day? Um, this isn't an airport. You don't need to announce your departure. That's like my <laughs> new favorite. Oh, my God. Wait, I love that. <laughs> I am like obsessed with it. I love it. So just keep in mind if you're giving any kind of what you envision as constructive feedback or feedback of any kind that is not directly related to, wow, Sarah's an icon. I love her forever and ever. Amen. Know that number one, I do not follow any of that feedback when it comes to me via iTunes. And number two, it's kind of super passive aggressive and shitty to do that. So if you feel like you're someone that's maybe put in some feedback to your iTunes review, regardless of whether or not you rated it five stars, delete it and redo. We all learn and can do better. Now is your opportunity to do so. Um, I'd appreciate it. Helps with ranking and getting guests and marketing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know what to do. Um, Dylan Hafer, a pleasure, a joy. I'm so excited for us to record a bonus episode because I have some legit satchels. And also, do you think you'll do, could you do like a little, Dylan Hafer is a trained <laughs> actor, performer, a gorgeous voice from the gods. I kind of, can the can the AG Patreoners hear a little bit of your Gina because your accent oh work is like A++. Wait, what was can we it? we do it on Patreon? Um, yeah, oh, wait, sure, sure, sure. Do you want to do a little snippet right now? Do a little snippet well, of Gina. The thing is, I need the schools to reopen in the fall because if my kids are staying around this tiny little house for longer, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Guys, our, our new favorite Orange County housewife, Gina Hafer. On that note, um, I love all of you, Dylan. I love you most of all. Um, let us know your thoughts and feels. Um, literally, I'm lighting my face <laughs> on iPhone so I will get off my ass for two seconds to turn on a light and I can't wait for our glow to continue oh um, <laughs> let us know your thoughts and feels guys I said that 800 times and we'll talk to you again soon uh, bye bye